Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. God endures forever. It's still got something to say to us. Just one or two things before we just uh, get into the word. Um, Christians in Mansfield today and uh, ministering there. And in fact, the new series that we're launching in, we're, we're, doing, the, we're doing an introductory message uh, that will take us uh, through that. And so uh, we just um, pray that God will bless. Uh, just also to say, you'll excuse me if I'm not around for as long afterwards as normal. I've got to get sharing to a next mode of transport today. And then this afternoon, I'm, I'm down in Coventry speaking at an Indian fellowship. And so, uh, and uh, most of the people from that church come from Kerala in India, where they've recently had the floods. And so we're there this afternoon. So if you just pray for that, and, and that's why I'll be perhaps going a bit more quickly uh, than normal. And as you pray, maybe uh, you would just, uh, just a couple of other things. Um, uh, in, in, in shifts of people across uh, the earth in these days, uh, just to let you know that in terms of uh, Assemblies of God, the fellowship that we belong to and which I have the joy of serving on the national team. We've got about 10 churches at the moment that want to come into the fellowship in our area. Um, and most of them uh, express uh, sort of uh, an ethnicity that uh, is not pri- started in the UK, but just great people coming together, finding fellowship. And if you'll pray for Wednesday, because Wednesday in Bradford, we have a very, very important national meeting, uh, which has been sort of the culmination of a two-year journey. But if in your prayers on Wednesday, you just pray for Phil, that'll be really, really good. Thank you. So this morning, uh, we're going to begin a, a new early autumn series. You know that in the church, we like to go into series. We don't extend them for year, weeks and weeks. There was a person once that said, yeah, he said, I'm doing Hebrews. It's going to take me all year. I'm glad I don't go to his church, you know, but, but, but you know. So, but we like series. We like consistency. We like to know where we're going and we plot and plan and pray. And so this morning we're moving to a new series in Arena, which uh, we, whether you've never yet become a Christian, there'll be opportunity to respond at the end, or whether you um, um, are a believer of many years standing, we trust that it's going to stand. So if we can put that up, please. The series is called, Who Are You Really? And uh, so... um, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 5 this morning, which if you're a believer will um, uh, be words that are well known. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. But the fruit, but however, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Perhaps the word patience, uh, it's going some long suffering. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such there is no law when we come to Jesus we have to make a decision it could be a decision in kids church it could be a decision uh, when you were in your teens it could be a decision as a uh, somebody that's uh, leading a family it could have been a decision of one of the seniors on Friday that most of them well beyond 70 in terms of their ages Every one of us need to make a decision to follow Jesus. God's not got any grandparents. Everybody has to step in as a child of God. But not only a decision, God's called us to be disciples. Here's the challenge. Not just a decision to follow Jesus, not just to camp there 
and say, well, I'm saved. If anything happened to me today, I'm going to heaven. But to be a disciple, the original word in the New Testament is matites. It means learner. And every person here, whether you are somebody that has a frontline ministry in the church or whether you're somebody that's quietly gets on with serving, whether you've been a Christian a few weeks or many years, there is never a stage where you can take the L plates off and cease to be a disciple. I am a leader because I'm a disciple. I'm not a disciple because I'm a leader. That's why if I cease to be a leader sometime in the future, I'll just carry on being a disciple. I say that because clearly it doesn't work for some leaders. And leader and disciples bear fruit. Here's John 15, 8 in the New Testament. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Not a little fruit, but much fruit. What? Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Not my decisions, my disciples. And then in Luke 6, 43, again, a good news book in the New Testament. It says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Now, we used to have a little apple tree. I'm talking about apple tree in our garden, and you're going to think our garden. It's a little narrow strip that goes back from our little house. But the fact is, it stopped producing apples. And there was a guy that we knew at the time that claimed to be an arborist. In other words, he was good with trees. And when he came, he made it worse. And... uh, Eventually, we got a proper guy in that knew how to deal with trees that lives in Brinsley, and he chopped it down because it was no longer producing any fruits. And God says that he likes to dig around our lives. He likes to get close to us because he's passionate about you being a good tree that produces good fruit. We're in a season of harvest. There's an expectation that the seeds that have been planted will produce a crop, be it flowers, be it arable, be it uh, things in the garden, people tilling the ground, their garden, their allotment. Of course, on a wider level, the great acreage of farms. The farmers have told us again that this year there's not been too much rain, there's been too much sun. But I'm sure they're going to be all right as they gather in the harvest. There are churches that in their tradition would celebrate harvest as they thank God for the fruitfulness of the land. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.23 that the word of God is an imperishable seed. Many descriptions for the Bible in the Bible. Here's one of them, seed. It's not a seed into the ground Literally, it's a seed into the ground of our life, which the Bible describes as our heart. When we receive Jesus, we receive his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The seeds places into our life and you begin to produce fruit. It doesn't mean that you're perfect overnight. I've had people come to me and say, Phil, I've got a problem. I've been a Christian eight weeks And I still find I swear sometimes. So you weren't bothered eight weeks ago. But all of a sudden, the word of God's at work in you. And God digs deeper and deeper. As you get get into the word, he starts to become concerned about your motive, your bias, your prejudice, your judgmentalism. He starts to dig and dig and dig. So that you will produce much 
fruit. And so this series is going to camp around the fruit of the Spirit. Who are you really? Not only in church, but out of church. In the home, in the office, on the building site, driving the van, working in the hospital. Who are you really? And friends, it's not screwing yourself up and trying harder. It's you allowing Jesus in the power of his spirit to live in you. And you will naturally produce fruit. Now, let's think for a moment of fruit. Just in your imagination, a bowl of fruit. Normally, fruit looks good. If it doesn't look good, we recoil from it and we don't want to eat it. Also, it makes you feel good. I remember one of my Bible school lecturers many years ago doing a, uh, a, d- dealing with the subject of hospital visitation and, he, and, he, and his title was Don't Eat All the Grapes. And so there's more than one pastor that says, how are you doing? I brought these for you. So Alan, you're going to be in hospital. Now, I've got a sweet tooth. So sometimes I have to think about fruits. Part of your five a day, you know. And so I'd much rather have a biscuit than an apple. (laughs) But I know fruit does me good. And uh, so it looks good. It makes us feel good. And it does us good. Exactly the same in the spiritual friends. We started with the word but, however, I'll refer to it later, but in the previous two verses to the fruit of the Spirit, we've got the works of the flesh. Oh my word, what an ugly list. But the fruit of the Spirit is. And the fruit of the Spirit at work in our lives, friends, is liberating, it's enhancing, it's a blessing, and it's invigorating. And so this morning, in the time that we've got left, I'm going to take you through seven things as an introductory to this. To this, uh, Don't worry, I'm not going to camp at them for 20 minutes each. You heard Julie say, we'll be finished by half past two. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, if you'll grasp this, if you'll grasp it, you will bear much fruit. That's the heart of God. Showing yourself to be one of his disciples. Number one, a contextualizing. These words of, regarding the fruit of the Spirit, if we just put that up, number one, a contextualizing. These, um, there we go. These words are in Galatians, which is a book in the New Testament of the Bible. Don't have time to open that up this morning. Simply, there were two dangers that the Galatian church were in danger, uh, were, were Guilty of falling into, number one, a retreat to their old religious ways. So they've been brought out of religion into reality. Arena Church is not into religion, it's into relationship. That's why you don't see icons around and grandiose artifacts of religion because we're not into religion. You cannot get to God through religion. But relationship comes to you. God wants to build relationship with you. And we love to run to religion. We love to try and think we're good enough for God. We love to think we do enough religious works for him. We love to think that we're not as bad as he says we are. But the best person here is called a sinner. And you need to be 
forgiven. So the danger was that they were retreating into their old religious works. And chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, you're foolish. The other side of that was that some people were finding their new liberty to be an excuse for license. In other words, I can live as what I like and it doesn't really matter because God will keep forgiving me. It's the other extreme. And it crops up numbers of times in the New Testament. Here's the truth, friends. Here's the balance. Legalism or license are never the answer. True liberty is found in Jesus Christ. And when we respond to his ways, we begin to produce fruit. So sometimes he releases us and sometimes he draws us in. But as we continue to follow his ways, you'll find that it works. Number two, an example him. Now, you're going to have to forgive me for a moment because I'm going to go off on one. But the, 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 prob, the reality is that sometimes people say, you know, I didn't cap, capture that thought that you mentioned in the message. And I'm sorry about that. We try and limit the time of the message on a Sunday and we try and be respectful of it. And so I, I, say this, uh, not, I say this as a general point, not to point any attention to me. But if you feel that God's spoken to you during the message and you'd like to re-listen to it, there's always the podcast available. And even somebody like me can, you know, has worked out how to get on a podcast. So if I can do it, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But years ago, when I was young in ministry, uh, at our national conference, on a couple of occasions, we had a preacher called Dr. Paul Walker. Uh, Paul was a brilliant leader of uh, his denomination in America. And the way he used to preach was quite unique because what he'd do is he would go off on one. He would get a point and then with a photographic memory, he would rattle off a number of verses. And a friend of mine says, it was like setting up all the dominoes and then... <laughs> so I'm going to do a Dr. Paul Walker this morning for a couple of moments, okay? Number one, an example in throughout the scripture, God has painted a picture of who and what he is and interestingly, all the fruit of the Spirit is revealed in the character of God. Let me illustrate. He's a God of love, 1 John 4, 6. He takes joy in his creations, Ephesians 3, 17. He's a God of peace, Hebrews 13, 20. He's patient, 2 Peter 3, 9. That's the only reason Jesus hasn't come back yet, friends, because he's still not willing that any should perish. He shows kindness in Christ, Ephesians 2, 7. He's the God of goodness, Psalm 27, 13. He's the God of faithfulness, Lamentations 3, 23. He's gentle, Matthew 11, 28 to 29. And he shows great self-control in Jesus, Matthew 26, 39. Not my will, but your will be done. In other words, God is saying that when you produce fruit, you begin to example my life in the earth. And then thirdly, a commanding that I've not finished yet. I'm back to being Dr. Paul Walker for a moment. God is not suggesting anywhere in Scripture that this fruit is optional. It's the journey. It's, it's, it's the going forward. It's not you sort of crossing your arms and saying, well, I know that Phil Pye's going on about it, but I don't want to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. See, to not be fruitful is the complete opposite of what God has called us to be. I mean, it just doesn't sit right to say, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to be a fruitful one. It just doesn't work. He's called us to fruitfulness. 
It may be that some of these are an absolute breeze for you. You may be one of these people that's incredibly patient. You know, you never have a problem. But what about your gentleness or what about your self-control? In other words, we'll be stronger in other, some areas than others. But God wants to work it through because when he works the fruit of the Spirit through, we become well-orbed, balanced, attractive, effective believers for him. So a commanding. It's not a, it's not a thought. It's not a suggestion. I was reading the paper going up the smart motorways between Junction 26 and 31, wherever it is. I quite like the smart motorway until a lorry breaks down. Then there's mayhem, you know. But the reality is that when it says 60 over on those overhead gantries now, it's not a suggestion. That's why the police reported that in the first six months of the smart motorways going up, 12,500 people were done for speeding on that motorway area. Because you thought it was a suggestion. Well, I'll just, it's a command. It's a command. And that lorry up, you know, your, your car, you're just going to have to ignore it. It's a command. They're telling you to slow down. I mean, when they say obstruction in the road, obstruction in the road, obstruction, and there is no obstruction in the road. That's when my patience is tested. So here we go again. Here's nine commands regarding the fruit of the Spirit. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mark 12, 30 to 31. Rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4, 4. Seek peace and pursue it. 1 Peter 3, 11. Be patient with everyone. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. Clothe yourself with kindness. Colossians 3, 12. Let us do good to all people. Galatians 6, 10. Be faithful even unto death. Revelation 2, 10. Do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3, 15. Add to knowledge, self-control, 2 Peter 1, 5 to 7. I'm now thankfully leaving the memory of Dr. Walker there. And we move to point number four. And understand him. So what are we actually talking about here? The fruit of the Spirit, capital S. We see throughout the word of God, friends, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, working in many varied ways. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, it says that if we sow to the Spirit, then we will be blessed of the Spirit. And the work of the Holy Spirit is paramount in expressing the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says that when we become Christians, we become temples of the Holy Spirit. Prior to conversion, he worked with us to convict. At conversion, he worked in us and continues to work in us to change. And this is an ongoing process. Here's a quote from Dr. David Petz, my principal at the Bible College all those years ago. He said, the fruit of the Spirit refers to the manifestation of the Christ life in the Christian made possible by the indwelling Holy Spirit in his capacity as the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ is not the fourth person of the Trinity. We've only got three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
The Spirit of Christ is operating in my life to conform me and bring me closer to expressing the life of Jesus in accordance with the Word. I'll come to it later. You see, if you're trying to set this up for you to do it, you're going to fail miserably. I'm encouraging us this morning to open our hearts and let Him do it. And when He's doing it with our cooperation, we start to become fruitful. And what is God doing? What is the fruit of the Spirit speaking about? It's honing and shaping our character. Character in the Bible is, is, is spelt, um, it's, a, it's a similar spelling in the original language to what we have now with a, a K instead of a C. But when character was used in the New Testament, it was describing the work of an artisan, of somebody that had sculptured something or worked in metals, and that person would put their emblem or their stamp or they would etch their signature into their work. It was described as their character. In other words, that's mine. That's mine. Those of you that are artistic around the room and paint, you know, you do that little scribble in the bottom right-hand corner. I did that, you know. And we've still got a picture of Arm of a dear elder on one of the journeys of our churches who sadly died in our minds younger than we would have wanted of a picture of staves up there the other side of Robin Hood's coast. And there it is. And even now we look at it and say, God bless Ray. He was, he was a blessing to our lives. And so character is Jesus etching his life upon you and saying to the world, they're mine. They're mine. When you live with a different expression of integrity and honesty at work, it's because he's etching something into you that's bearing fruit. Sometimes some uncomfortable decisions to be made. But he's saying that you are his. And God, in Jesus Christ, through the power of the Spirit, is passionate about continually shaping and changing our lives for his glory and for his praise. One of the books I reread during the summer was 40 Days of Purpose. And, uh, and it reminded us why we're on the earth. And one of the passions of the writer is that we wouldn't just stay at base A, but we would allow the Lord to continually develop us so that we would produce the fruitfulness that he longs for in our lives. Someone says no person can climb beyond the limitation of their character. Someone says that character is what you are in the dark. What are you like, really? And it's so important. Now, let me just park for a moment because there's been a debate in the church of Jesus over the years between character and charisma. Another work of the Holy Spirit. Interestingly, the gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 are also nine faults. And so some people say, all we need is fruit. It's all we need. And then other people, perhaps a little bit more of our persuasion historically is, never mind about that, all we need is the power. And we need both. So I'm going to illustrate it by story. If there are people here that get a bit queasy when you fly, you'll excuse me for a moment. 
But I'm going to tell you a story about woman pilot, Tammy Jo Schultz. And uh, last year, uh, this lady, by the way, is a born-again believer from the States. And uh, she, uh, she used to fight uh, fighter pilots in the US Air Force. And then when she retired from the Air Force, she went to fly commercial airlines. And so uh, pilot Schultz was uh, flying a Boeing 737, 32, 33,000 feet in the air when one of the engines blew. I don't know you may remember reading about it. And uh, sadly, uh, just one person that was right next to there uh, died. Um, so what happened was um, that training kicks in and uh, pilot Schultz brought that plane down with a steep descent. Oh, you can only imagine it, can't you? Whoa, there it goes. With a steep descent, 32,000 feet into Philadelphia Airport. And, uh, and she landed it, and everybody else on the plane was safe, and she was in the papers. Friends, the story wasn't told because it was normal, but because it was abnormal. You are not meant to fly your life on one engine. You really aren't. You're not meant to fly your life. The, the, somebody said once, I think it's attributed to the late great evangelist David Watson. See, if you're all word and no spirit, you'll dry up. If you're all spirit and no word, you'll blow up. But if you're word and spirit, guess what? You'll grow up. You'll produce fruits. You'll produce fruits. So this is not a pushback on charisma. But we don't want just charisma without character. In fact, somebody says character without charisma leads to calamity. And as a leader of leaders, I've seen that happen more times than I'd wish to comment on. You need both. Need both. An understanding. Briefly, fifthly, a contrasting. A contrasting. Ooh, verse 19, the acts of the flesh. I'm not even going to read them. I'm not even, I'm not, I know they're in the Bible. I'm not even going to give them credit this morning. But you read them when they get home. Oh, it's a horrible list. It's a horrible list. And the Bible says that if you sow to the flesh the old life, you will reap destruction. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap a harvest. And so this contrasting between works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. I cannot say it without any more passion than I can muster, but the Bible says in those verses that people that engage in that and don't turn from it will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because it's not the kingdom. Sixthly, a developing. Clearly, the production of fruits is a process. So, go back to earlier in the year when you were planting seeds, or maybe that farmer was. Number one, there was diligence. That day when you were planting seeds and the following day, ooh, It's normally in March or April, you know, it's snowing, it's raining, it's, and, and your back's gone sore. Diligence. Then there's patience. If you play to, planted some potato seeds on a Thursday, you don't expect them to grow by Friday. There's patience. patience. God's incredibly patient. There are people here this morning that have got things wrong and you feel God's finished with you. He's just started. He's patient. 
If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you press into the next step. He's wonderfully patient. Diligence, patience, expectance. And then the harvest comes. And here's a few things to consider about developing. Sowing to the Spirit, Galatians 6, 8. Abiding in him, it means remaining, John 15. Dying, John 12, 24. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it won't produce many seeds. What do you mean dying? I don't want to die. No, I'm not talking about dying physically. I'm on about dying in your heart. Too many Christians are too alive. They're too full of themselves. But when you learn to die and bury the seed in the ground, it produces many seeds, much fruits, much fruit. And walking in the Spirit. And so we come to number seven, a responding. Our response to this message is first and f- firstly and fundamentally to Ask ourselves the question again this morning. Has there ever been a point in my life where I've committed my heart to Jesus? Where I've allowed the seed of the word to come and dwell in the soil of my heart. It may be that you've tried yourself. You've been incredibly unfruitful. You've not produced what you want to produce. And this morning, in a moment or two, I'm going to invite prayer for anybody that wants to step into the life of Jesus. I say it without qualification. It is the best decision that you could ever make in your life. And then for those of us that have done that, the challenge over the next few weeks is to continually bring our devotion to the Lord, to submit to his will and to his ways. It's not by self-effort, as I said earlier. In fact, somebody says attempting to produce the fruit of the Spirit in the energy of the flesh is a proven formula for breakdown. In Matthew 6.25, Jesus says self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way to finding your true self. This is not simply self-help. This is not motivation. This is revelation. This is realizing that true fruitfulness comes when we open our lives to God, Jesus comes to dwell in, in the power of his spirit and fruitfulness is the way forward. So stay with us over the next few weeks. We're going to look at love and joy and peace. We're going to look at patience and goodness and kindness. We're going to look at self-control, all of these things. And I want you to believe that at the end of it, you will be bearing more fruit than you've ever born in your life. That you can answer the question deeply, sincerely, and openly in your life, what am I like? Really? And what you can respond to that is by saying, what am I like really? Is a devoted, fruitful follower of Jesus. And as Julie led worship this morning, she reminded us that there's more. And there's more for every one of us. Because the Bible says, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray.